Hello everyone, this is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the One Bitcoin Show. Today is November the 3rd, 2020. And I'm outside in Salt Lake City. Strong hand, long-term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Unconfiscatable, be unique beast. We're one day closer to an all-time high. I'm offended by selling. Hello, my elite friends. How are you all doing today on election day? You should be outside enjoying life. Breathing in the fresh air without any coverings on your face. I'm going running a little bit later. I'm going to be on Tone Vase's show to, to talk about the ridiculous election a little bit. But tie it into cryptocurrency. Anyway, this is a very unique show. You're getting me outside. I know some of you like this. Uh, also, at the end of the show, we're going to have a, a great clip of Simon Dixon classically talking about ICO insanity and how he was very right in his predictions about ICOs. It's a warning to all you altcoiners out there and all you gamblers out there, which are sometimes uh, the same people. Now, I'm going to start with a quote here. Both political parties are addicted to the Fed's money printer. So regardless of who wins the election, the only real long-term winner will be Bitcoin. That is from Tyler Winklevoss. That's vote for Bitcoin today. It's the long-term winner. Long-term thinking from Tyler there. Pound that like button. He knows what it's about, dude. You can envy him or you can be like him and do the long-term thinking. All right, those glasses are just great. It's, it's difficult to see outside, as you can imagine. And beautiful. It's like almost 70 degrees outside and it's November the freaking 3rd, 2020. Now, so yes, I am enjoying it out here. You should be too. And 55% of America... Now, these people are not enjoying life. What I'm about to read to you out here, all right? Um, so they, these people don't have a healthy mindset. They're not healthy at all. If you're one of the 55% of Americans, according, according to a survey linked to below, uh, believe the 2020 election day will be the most stressful day of their lives. Of their lives. I mean, that's pathetic. That's pathetic, okay? They're living vicariously through these sociopathic politicians. Uh, if this is the most stressful day of your life because there's a freaking election, I mean, I don't know what to say. Get out. Be your own person. Be a unique beast. You're part of the herd mentality to the extreme. But hey, that's the way of the world today. Um, it's pathetic. Now, Let me see. What is this? All right. In yesterday's show, the great Taval Dakrez, who often uh, sends a super chat, and I appreciate all his support. Let me stand up straight. I got it. Okay. He had a quote. Now, I don't fully agree with this quote, but this is a good attitude to have if you are a uh, Bitcoin person that can be tempted by, well, ICOs, all sorts of ridiculous things that Simon Dixon will be talking about at the end of the show, in fact. Uh, he said, Taval Dakar said, anytime you have to lock up your crypto, just know you're getting scammed. <laughs> now, I am not calling uh, all of those interest-bearing deals out there 
I, I forgot. I don't even know all the companies out there that do. Oh, well, he was talking about DeFi specifically. But I mean, you could you could do it through DeFi. You could do it through uh, third parties, and they say you're gonna you're gonna get interest. You're gonna get this. You're gonna get whatever. You're gonna get ego coin because if you lock it up, you're giving control. You're locking it up. So no, not all the time that you lock up your your coins uh, with a third party are you getting scammed. But it's a good freaking attitude to have, okay? Don't fall for it. Control your own private key. If you want to get your interest on your Bitcoin, you collect your crypto dividends, your airdrops, and your uh, your uh, forks. And it's funny because the crypto dividend I was talking about that he was commenting on, the ego coin, he... Uh, in, in some people use Ethereum to buy that ego coin. We got it for free, and then they locked up their ego coin. They're like, "Oh no, you got to keep it for two, three years." I'm talking about how on Thanksgiving Day I want to dump all that stuff. But people are like, "No, no, no, lock it up more." No, free is free, dude. I'm not playing around locking things up. Uh, all right, but Taval has a good attitude on that. Okay, now one of the big things I wanted to share with you today is something that happened uh, last night. I got a, a message was left for me. Uh, as you know, I don't have a phone, but you can leave messages on my, look, there's a, <laughs> there, there is a car with a Trump flag going by all the houses around here. I mean, I've seen one Trump sign the whole time in Salt Lake city. I did see another truck, one, a big pickup truck with a Trump sign once, but like everywhere you go, you see the BLM signs, you see the rainbow. Uh, you might even see in the background, the rainbow flags, you see all sorts. There, there's the Trump thing. Can you see that thing? I don't know if you just saw that going by. All right. So that's weird. That now on election day, they actually the Trumpsters are, are coming out here. That That's uh, it, very interesting. But nonetheless, uh, let's get not get distracted by politics. I get a call last night, or a message last night. And uh, on, you can contact me on my computer if you know how to do that. I'm not going to. And here is what is it, it's an. It's a guy, an Airbnb guy from Los Angeles, okay? I'm going to change his name, and he's got FOMO all of a sudden for Bitcoin. He doesn't hold any Bitcoin. He knows I'm the Bitcoin guy, okay? He knows I'm the Bitcoin meister. Doesn't watch my show at all. And he, in our conversation, he basically said that since I met him in uh, March of 2019, that his stockbroker friends... Were discouraging him to get into Bitcoin. They have that older mentality. They were saying it could go to zero. And now he wishes that back in March of 2019, when I told him uh, about Bitcoin, that he got into it. And this is what he, he so he's got FOMO now. Hello. Real quick, when Simon Dixon starts talking in this video, which is audio for you guys, uh, it's from May of 2017. So I just wanted to warn you guys about this so you don't get confused. It's in the notes below, but just in case you missed it. Hello, Adam. It's Joe from Los Angeles. That's his real name. I had a question for you about Bitcoin, if you don't mind. You don't have to call me right away. I just want to talk to you about it. I'm actually thinking of investing in Bitcoin because I see that it's went up a lot since <laughs> during the last six months or a year. It's doing a lot better than my stocks. But I just wanted to ask you some questions, if you don't mind. Give me a call back at your earliest convenience, at your earliest possible convenience. I'll be in meetings all day. And so he uses Robinhood, okay? And he thinks Robinhood is very convenient. He doesn't care that you can't get the Bitcoin off the Robinhood. I tried to explain that to him. 
Uh, he's, he's, he's just already on Robinhood. So he's like, no, I'll just buy it. I'll keep it on there. I don't really know what you mean even by taking my Bitcoin off of Robinhood. He didn't really understand that concept of controlling your private key. And he just sees that the price is going up. That's why he's interested because it's $13,000. I told him about it when it's $6,000, $5,000. No, no, he's only interested when it's going up. This is typical. And he's a great guy and everything. And it just shows you how when PayPal gets this thing running, there are going to be a lot more people just like him that are going to see it going up in price. They can easily buy it. They're going to think they own it on PayPal just like they think they own it on Robinhood. And yeah, so the PayPal thing is even bigger news in my head now. And it once we get this influx of people like this dude, and hopefully PayPal really buys the Bitcoin that is demanded of them by their uh, their future FOMO customers, and that will be great for Bitcoin. But this is just a a real life example, dude, contacting me because he sees it's going to thirty. It's thirteen thousand dollars, and uh, so pound that like button. He's got the FOMO. Pound that like button for the normies who believe they're traditional stock guys for so long that are going to be uh, buying the Bitcoin. So I want you all to sit back, relax, and or stand up because standing is healthier than sitting. And enjoy the rest of the show with uh, Simon Dixon. Pound that like button. Uh, and there will be some other surprises at the uh, during the rest of the show. So thank you very much. Retweet this, dudes. And... Uh, See you later. Bye-bye. Right now, Simon's going to hit it off with his ICO research. Tell us what's up with this ICO thing, Simon. Well, I, I, research is probably a, a bit of a, a, an overstatement. But, um, you know, at Bank to the Future, we uh, see a lot of the funding rounds of some of the, the established companies in Bitcoin and the sector. And uh, this ICO thing has just exploded out of nowhere. So, you know, I should disclose, I've invested in a few companies that... Um, have gone on to do ICOs, but uh, the, the the state we're in right now is very much so. I, you know, when I was at university, um, I went through the whole experience of my father losing his entire pension in the dot com boom and bust. It was a really traumatic experience. Um, you know, he 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 got himself into the belief system that he was a great trader. Um, he knew nothing about trading, but you know, he was making so much money that um, it, it really, you know, and it affected us. And when it crashed, you know, he lost three, three quarters of all of his pension. Um, I went on to work in stockbroking and IPOs and banking and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, this, we are in a bubble without a doubt. Um, the values of these ICOs are of zero reflection to the underlying value that is actually being created here. Um, to give you just a few examples of some of the, the, the things that I've just pulled out today, um, just looking at these valuations. So, you know, if you, for example, I mean, the, the, the obvious examples are, so storage is a gate disclosed. I invested in the equity of storage. I'm a seed investor there, um, but they're about to do their ICO. Um, the market is currently trading at about $66, even though the ICO price is, uh, sorry, 66 cents, even though the IPO, ICO price is 50 cents. So people are currently paying a 16 cents premium for no reason other than they're just pumping and buying and going into these things. If you look at the BCAP ICO, so the Bitcoin capital, uh, sorry, the blockchain capital ICO, um, the, the current, you know, the net asset value, they've, they've made a couple of investments, but the net asset value hasn't actually changed. 
and yet it's been trading at two to four cents, which is two times, four times the net asset value. So people are paying two to four times what it's actually worth in the underlying value. Um, you know, just simply because of the, you know, people trying to trying to play these um, these pumps and there's no reflection of what it actually is. You know, take steam at dollars. Uh, it's meant to be pegged at one dollar to a U to a US dollar. It's currently trading at one dollar eighty seven. Um, take things like, uh, you know, the Gnosis, I think the, the, it valued them at 300 million to half a billion. Uh, to put that in context, you know, we did the funding rounds for Bitstamp, that was a $60 million valuation. So we're saying here that Gnosis, you know, this thing that is, I don't know the difference between it and Augur um, or whatever it is, or the size of prediction markets, but we're saying that it's, you know, three, four, five, ten, you know, times more valuable than one of the longest running Bitcoin exchanges with licenses that have been doing this for a long while. Bitfinex, we did that at a 120 million pre-money valuation. We're saying that Gnosis is three times one of the most profitable companies in the Bitcoin sector. Um, so it's absolute mania right now. And eventually, once this mania stops, it has to return to the underlying value and the net asset value. And the average seed round in this sector is under, you know, a million dollars valuation. Um, and I'm not saying that equity and ICOs are the same things, but the only difference here is that you've got the, the, the bubble and people that are just trying to catch those, um, those things. But eventually someone's going get, to get the falling knife. And I think we're going to have a ginormous 90%, 95% correction here. I don't know when it will happen. I don't know what the trigger will be. But, you know, the, 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 it eventually has to return to what the underlying value actually is and reflective of that. Um, so, you know, this is, this is uh, the, the, the bit that scares me the most is the effect that this is going to have on Bitcoin at the end of it. So, you know, a bunch of retail investors, a load of 14, 15 year olds are coming in. I remember one of the Telegram groups in the, it, that I was following, you know, was saying a thousand percent returns is too conservative for me. I need a thousand X before I'm going to exit and I need that in three months. Um, you know, this, that person has never invested in anything. They come straight to the ICO market and they think that these kind of returns are possible. Um, you know, and this is, this is a really scary situation because the end result, when we get that 95% correction, a lot of those people that thought they were anti-regulations are all going to complain to the regulators. They're going to do something crazy like make all crypto tokens securities or something like that. And then we're going to be in a situation where, you know, what's the impact of that on Bitcoin? Um, you know, the regulations are going to get very high. And essentially it's going to, you know, this, is, this has to be a security at the end of it because everyone's investing to make returns. And, and so, you know, it's, it's just a really scary market to be in. Hey, if you've got Bitcoins, you don't mind losing them then try and double and triple them in this market, but just make sure that you know you're only paying with money where you're willing to lose the entire value. Wow, uh, that was one of the best descriptions of the ICO market I have ever heard in my life. It is a true honor to have you on the show. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, my two other guests, do you have any questions for Simon? Any que Any things to add to that in terms of your feelings about what is going on here? Because I actually have a question for Simon, but I want you guys to chime in. Yeah, sure. Um, so Simon, do you think, when you talk about like the bubble bursting, do you think it's going to be um, like the individual ICOs themselves or do you think it's going to be all across the board? Because 
you know, there are certainly these kind of, you know, these one-off, these gnosis, the cosmos, the, you know, there's a, a, a few that are have taken huge values, but I think there's a lot of other ones that necessarily haven't raised such kind of large amounts. Um, you know, what do you think about that? Do you think it's going to be a, a across the board or? Yeah, I'm pretty certain this is going to be across the board. This is going to be a black swan, you know, a black Monday, a 1929 style, you know, ICO altcoin market crash. It's going to lead to mass regulations um, and, uh, you know, real problems in the crypto market. Now how do you, how do you regulate, how, like define mass regulations? Well, well, the easiest thing to do is that they're just going to say, okay, how are people using these tokens? Are they really using them as software or are they using them as securities? And then the easiest thing that they're going to do is they're just going to say, okay, we just extend the definition of what a security is. Which and then, you, uh, sorry, the, the regulators around the world will start with the SEC, which means that if one US investor invests in your ICO, the ICO becomes under the jurisdiction of the SEC. Um, and, and, uh, and then all foreign regulators will, will, will follow. You know, the regulators over the last five, 10 years have been working really hard to allow retail investors to invest in private equity through, you know, it started in the UK when with the equity crowdfunding side, then it went to Jobs Act and America spent, you know, three, four years drafting responsible regulations to allow small companies to raise finance. Um, they're not going to suddenly come along and say, okay, everyone's now doing it through ICOs. We're just gonna pack our bags, go home, forget about that regulation stuff, forget about consumer protections. Yeah, um, I mean, there's gonna, just gonna be some jurisdictions though, right? There's gonna be some jurisdictions that aren't gonna, that aren't gonna care and aren't gonna allow people to, you know, to domicile there and issue out these ICOs. Correct, but then it will take the, the, the same movement. You know, all of this has been done before. So, you know, people have been using offshore structures to try and mm -hmm. do this, but it's the jurisdiction of the person that invests that puts you under the the regulatory framework so if you're in the us you're paying taxes to be under the consumer protections and everything that comes with that so if you want to complain to the regulator against something then it just takes one us investor to put it under that jurisdiction yeah and it's also um, gonna there's gonna be some hurt consumers at the end of the day too in all this yeah, when a scam goes know, these, up there and and there's no one for them no one for them to seek action against but I'll tell you from, you know, working with the regulators in Canada and, and, and uh, not necessarily working, but being around and the communications from the regulators here, they don't really understand how fast this is moving mm -hmm. and also the implications because anybody can now create an ICO and create a token can issue it out. There's all sorts of different forms and factors which they're taking. Um, we had a meetup last week in Toronto that we had like, I don't know, 700 people out to and SEC or the OSC was there and they actually sent us an email before saying, hey, can you uh, have the host identify, ask to identify us in the room to tell anybody who's doing ICOs or is thinking about this space to come talk to us because like, mm -hmm. you know, they want to kind of engage and know because also they don't want like, you know, Ethereum leaving again, or or you know the next these these next iterations leaving. So I want to say I want to say one thing, Simon. I think you're you're saying that you think this is going to crash, and in the Western countries like the United States, in England, in Canada, that their their governments are going to be pestered by the people 
who have lost money and there will be regulations not just on the ICOs but it's going to go into bitcoin it's going to what what i want to ask you is it's you said young people are into this so are you saying that a bunch of young people with no experience in investing who just want to a hundred times their money who have no clue how irrational that is are going to bring the regulators onto us grown-ups i mean that's that's what it seems like is is your scenario here and that's a pretty disturbing thing well remember regulations don't jump in at the point of innovation they jump in when investors complain every yeah. regulation every rule that's in place is simply because someone lost their shirt someone lost their money and complained and said to the government, how did you let this happen? This can never happen again. Um, and all of a sudden, all these libertarian ideological people will suddenly um, be run into the governments and maybe maybe half of them won't, but some will. Um, it, it, and it only takes a few, it only takes a few and it will, they will. It, exactly, you know, look, if the, if the DAO hadn't gone through the refund, the DAO would have been the catalyst event and we wouldn't have this, ball, we wouldn't have this uh, ICO bubble at the moment. But because they refunded, that kicked the can down the road a little bit further. Now, maybe we've got another year of this, but um, I, 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 I believe at some point these ICOs have to return to the underlying value. Um, and, so, and that means that there's 95% of the value, even more, that has to go at some point when it returns to some kind of rational pricing mechanism. Excellent. All right. Now I want to I want to quickly say I want Renegade Renegades in England, by the way, and Simon's in Hong Kong, and Kyle is in Ottawa. I wanted to say that. I want to say everyone pound that like button if you like this video so far. Now we are having a blast. Renegade, you chime in now, please. Yeah, like the one thing I'm going to say here is it's up for people to do their due diligence. Like if you're going to take most of your portfolio and chuck into something that you don't even know about with people who have not got a track record, with a use case that could possibly be um, replicated by multiple different people or could be adopted into Bitcoin itself, then you're going to get your ass handed to you. Not to mention the fact that you're entering markets with players that are so big who will literally pump these markets then at the top they'll flip it and then you'll, you will get literally like simon said 95 percent downside on this and it's the question for me is where does the where does the responsibility come from the people who are investing in these things like the one thing i say to people is you know as soon as people get bitcoin the one thing they want to do then is flip it into icos and altcoins because they think they can get the same kind of returns that they get in bitcoin and i say to them look there's nothing wrong like I'm, I'm a free market guy. If someone wants to start a market and it's not a scam, um, then go for it. You know, if it provides a use case and people are investing in it, that's absolutely fine. But if you you have to take into account everything that's sort of the fundamentals of what you're investing in, like, is a, has it got a good development team? Do they have longevity? Are the devs going to leave halfway through a project? Does it have a unique selling point? One other thing to take into account is can you, the selling points or the unique sort of um, function of the altcoin be adopted by Bitcoin because we've just seen someone write a Bitcoin improvement proposal for Decreed to adopt their government uh, their governance model. So we see this all the time. And just because a, a sort of ICO comes out with some kind of function, it doesn't mean that that function just can get adopted by other coins and put into their governance models. Um, 
How much of it is pre-mined? What are the attributes of the token? Uh, what's the inflation rate? Um, does it have infinite issuance? Um, and it also depends on if you're investing or trading. Like, you know, if you if you want to if, if you're investing, then you've really, really got to do your due diligence. If you're trading, then you obviously don't use much risk capital. I'd say hold 95% of your money in Bitcoin, then maybe use 5% to trade these markets. Because that way, if everything does go south, you're not going to be crying about it for the rest of your life. And if you stick to these types of things and manage your risk, then you're not going to become unstuck. But you know, if you're selling your house to chuck your money into an ICO to sub 5,000%, then yeah, you are going to get your ass handed to you. Like, <laughs> so just manage risk, use a small part of your portfolio. And, you know, we are we are heading into bubble territories, not just in ICOs, but also altcoins, which I'm sure we'll get onto later. Um, so just be aware that all these things are cyclical. You know, we have an annual cycle in altcoins. We have multiple uh, bull markets in the secular bull market that is Bitcoin. And I'm sure we'll get onto this later, but that would be my advice. Just manage your risk and be careful in these markets. Well, you know, Simon, you actually mentioned the Steam dollar and how it's actually it's at like two dollars now. And the company itself says it should be at a dollar. So I guess tying in this ICO thing to the altcoin thing, uh, do you think we're in an altcoin bubble too? And is it related to the ICO bubble? And who, you know, we're talking about how manage your, manage your risk, manage your risk. Who are these people who are jumping into this stuff who clearly have no clue about managing their risk? I want to know the demographics. Or is it a bunch of people from Asia that are coming? Is it a bunch of young guys in the West? Do you have any, any clue about this, Simon? Um, yeah, okay. So when, when I say ICO, I kind of mean altcoins as well. Um, I kind of just bundled it into the same thing, not non-Bitcoin, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, so you know, we, we are definitely in a in an altcoin bubble as well. Um, where are this? Where is this all coming from? Well, a, a bunch of people have made a lot of money out of Bitcoin and Ethereum, um, and those uh, those people, I think, they're the ones that you know. If you've made a load of money out of Bitcoin and Ethereum, you've been here for a while. There's no problem. Chuck some in an ICO. I'm I'm all right. I I put some in, you know, Bcap, but I I'm fully um, aware that that money could turn into a, a Satoshi, you know, um, I'm fully happy with that. Uh, uh, and I know what I'm kind of getting into. Um, but what I'm, uh, what I'm fearful of here. So I was last night, I was in Indonesia and, um, you know, when I, when I tend to speak, um, I'm, I tend to be evangelizing Bitcoin and, and the concept of it as a store of value and the difference between Bitcoin and banking and try and help people to understand what is good for, what is bad for, what the risks are and that type of stuff. Um, but I was uh, speaking in Indonesia and I, I would give my usual talk. Half the room is experienced people that know this sector. They own some Bitcoin um, and the other half of the room are, are new and they've heard this, this thing has gone up in value and they might be able to get rich from it somehow. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I give the talk about Bitcoin and, you know, I think I've inspired maybe some of the room to actually look at this, dig deeper. And then I, I look at the back of the room and there's people selling their ICOs, they're selling their altcoins. And I'm scared that what I'm saying is being used to, to, to inspire people into going straight into these alts. Um, and then, you know, you've got the effect of, and, uh, you know, I, I'm scared of what I'm doing now because I'm, I'm scared that I'm on the stage and suddenly become an altcoin pumper or something like that. And, um, it's just a very uneasy feeling right now. And uh, I, I feel that a lot of this is being, you know, people, you know, do you remember, I mean, the one coin situation, the, the whole pitch was, let's say everything that Bitcoin does, 
and let's say that's one coin and then also we'll do all the things that people don't quite understand that scare people like anonymity and buying drugs online and we'll say we don't do that and then that's how one coin became what it is because they they took that and a lot of these alts are doing that so you know when dash comes along and says oh we can do everything that bitcoin can't we can scale we can do this we can do all that they don't know what it's like to be bitcoin it's not that they've got smarter developers than the bitcoin developers it's that they don't know what it's like to develop for bitcoin and bitcoin is at scale and developing for a coin that is at scale is completely different for developing for a coin that isn't at scale. And it's very easy for people to get confused by these matters and, you know, accidentally go straight in into the alt market thinking that it's better value than Bitcoin. Um, and that's, that's a scary place to be. Well, this is the kind of crazy thing that happens when you get a three and a half thousand percent jump and i can tell you now this market is going to dump just as fast as it came up um i'm not sure when some of these obviously there's famous saying these markets can stay irrational longer than they you can stay solvent but at some point i'm telling you any market now that's up five six hundred percent a thousand percent most of them at least lose 80 percent of their money when they drop so and at the same time, what's the value proposition? It hasn't built, that value in Ripple hasn't built up over a long time. It's just been literally going up exponentially, parabolically, just vertical. So this is not steady growth. This isn't sort of factoring in fundamentals and the actual fair value of the entire network. This is just rampant speculation. So I personally believe that it's going to drop and it's going to get ugly. And yeah, that's just the reality of there's, what is. There's also an, another factor that I think you got that we've got to add to that. You've got to remember that the reason that a lot of people are doing ICOs is they are making their business model incredibly weird in order to get around securities law. So they're saying that this is token software in order to use the platform, um, and these weird business models prevent you from actually getting consumer adoption. Um, because you can only sell to the crypto market. The only people that understand, okay, I've got to buy a digital token with Bitcoin in order to gain access to some kind of software in order to develop on it. You know, that's a tiny niche addressable market versus, you know, actually having a service that didn't have a token and therefore you can actually just have a product that people can actually use rather than just kind of the niche and weirdos in this 60 billion of market cap that we've created here um yeah. you know, this so is something where regulators if they came in and and put in a, a process of clarity on okay it can be a you know a dividend token or a share token and here's the process by which to register these like that would you know, we we've already important. got that if it if it's a tokenized equity then we've already got all the regulations for that um you you've got to remember that the that this started during you know when Stocks were being sold just like ICOs were being sold in the 1920s. Um, and then we had a parabolic um, you know, crash in the market that led to a Great Depression in the real world. Let's talk about that in the crypto world. Um, and then for 80 years, every type of entrepreneur has come along and said, I've got a great idea. Here's how we get around securities law. Um, let's sell some kind of derivative and then they put in together derivatives regulations. Oh, I know, let's sell patches of land with orange trees and then you have the Howie test. And for 80 years, you know, all these cycles of how do we get around securities regulations by doing something slightly different, this cycle has been seen time and time again. Um, so although the crypto market think they're doing something very, very innovative, um, at the end of the day, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just the same 10-year cycles that we've seen 
for the last 80 years. 